Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. I've been gone for a month, those of you who are visiting, so I'm so excited to be back. Welcome to those of you who are visiting and also... We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning. We're very glad you all are here. We come from a long heritage of teaching that there is a spark of the divine in every person. Some even say that there's a spark of the divine in every being. It is in the spirit of our heritage that I say, let us greet the holy in our midst by turning to the person to your right and left, welcoming them here this morning. Please join me in saying the words by which we light the chalice, which is the symbol of our faith. In the light of truth and the warmth of love, we gather to seek, to find, and to share. Good morning and welcome, everyone. And welcome puppies and kitties and little ratoncitos and children. My name is Michael West. I'm your lay leader this morning. And welcome especially to this uh, very special service. As a call to worship this morning... I'll share an excerpt from a Mary Oliver essay. And if the Spirit moves you to substitute another critter, uh, fonder to your heart, uh, you may choose to do so. For Mary Oliver. Because of the dog's joyfulness, our own is increased. It is no small gift. It is not the least reason why we should honor as well as love the dog of our own life, and the dog down the street, and all the dogs not yet born. What would the world be like without music, or rivers, or the green and tender grass? What would this world be like without dogs? We have people in our congregation who have roots in every major world religion and some minor ones, including humanism and neo-paganism. We have people who are still searching with no roots at all. We have people who just love being here because it feels like home. What is it that holds us together? Many things, one of which is our mission statement that we wrote, guides our steps while we run this race. We say it together every Sunday. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. A poem for Mary Oliver. Luke. I had a dog who loved flowers, Briskly she went through the fields, yet paused for the honeysuckle or the rose, her dark head and her wet nose touching the face of every one with its petal of silk, with its fragrance rising into the air where the bees, their bodies heavy with pollen, hovered. And easily she adored every blossom, not in the serious, careful way that we choose, this blossom or that blossom. The way we praise or don't praise, the way we love or don't love, but the way we long to be, that happy in the heaven of earth, that wild, that loving. 
This is the time in our service when we make ourselves very still and quiet if we can. And we visit a little still, quiet place deep inside. And one of the ways to get to that place is to follow your breath. So one of the things that we do is we breathe in, breathe in deeply. Feel where your breath goes. Goes all the way down in here. And then we breathe out. Comes out your mouth or your nose. That's all we do is we notice that and we try to do it 10 times. And that is how we get quiet and still together if we can. But we understand that little animal noises and tiny children noises are part of life and part of quietness. So here we go. Let's try breathing together. This is an ancient um, Celtic festival called Brigid or Imbolc. The Roman Catholic Church took it over as St. Brigid's Day. It was the day when you celebrated the fact that there were little tiny lambs in the tummies of the mama sheep and that you were going to have more flocks. That's what they call lots of sheep, flocks. And... You were going to have um, stuff to eat as the year went on. It was spring, springtime. And so we like to do a blessing of the animals on Imbolc, on Brigid, because we know that we're all connected with all the beings on earth. That's part of what most of us believe. And it does us good to think about animals because we get pretty centered on human beings sometimes. And we say things like, we human beings tamed the wild wolves, and so they became our dogs. But if you're not centered on humans in your thinking, you might say it differently in that the wild wolves noticed that the humans had fire and food and began to hang out by the fire and decided maybe if they could be sweeter, they could get fed. So who tamed whom? It is good for us to tell stories using animals as different parts of our own selves. The gruffalo is perfect for that. Some parts of ourselves are little, tiny, scared, vulnerable, like mice. And we think... How could that tiny little part of myself be strong and powerful? Well, you got to be smart. And you tell a story about a mouse that was smart. That's a pretty good story. It can help a person who feels little decide that there are ways they can make themselves bigger. We like blessing our animals because our animals bless us so much. They bless us with their being in the moment. They bless us with their beauty. They bless us by letting us pat them. They bless us just by letting us watch their lives. At our house, we have a dog named Hank. Hank is a puppy, and he is very joyful. 
And so sometimes we just call it watching Hank TV because he picks up something, and if we don't want to throw something for him, he really would rather do it himself anyway. He throws it for himself and then chases it and then throws it and chases it and then he rolls over because he's so happy. And he makes us laugh out loud. That is a nice thing. That is a blessing. Somebody can make you laugh out loud. That is a very cool gift for them to give you. And so our animals bless us. We try to bless them back. Some of the ways we bless them are by, you know, feeding them and making sure they have good, clean water, and we make sure they get enough exercise. They are very much like us in some ways. If we don't get enough exercise, we get grouchy. And our animals sometimes get grouchy too. And sometimes they show us that there are days when it is just very hard to behave. Has anyone had that experience? Wow. He knows how to lie already. (laughs) Sometimes you just want to get your claws out and climb the curtains. That is a cat trick, not a dog trick. Sometimes you want to play a joke on somebody. Our dog likes to play the joke of rolling in mud and getting wet and then embracing you. That's a dog joke. He thinks it's very funny. Sometimes we get mad at our animals, and instead of blessing them, we bless them out. Have you ever yelled at one of your animals? That is good. (laughs) I have, I'm afraid. But they forgive us. And it is nice to learn how to be as forgiving as they are. Animal companions do a lot for us. There are scientific studies about people who are older and their blood pressure, which is a medical thing, their blood pressure is very much lower if they have animals. There are experimental homes for the elderly. That means very, very old people. And the elderly, this one home called the Eden Project, the Eden Alternative, This is a home for the elderly that has over 100 birds, dogs, and cats, and it has an outside environment with rabbits and chickens. And in the study, it says they have a 15% lower mortality rate than other homes. I don't know what that means, because on the planet, we have a 100% mortality rate. But I am not a scientist. And so I think it kind of means that people live longer and better around the animals. Even in ordinary families, in ordinary time when there's no crisis at all, there are strong bonds that get made between the people and the animals. In fact, um, there are studies that show that people are bonded to their favorite animal just about at the same level as they're bonded to their partner or spouse. There was a woman who's an anthropologist who wrote a book called The Social Lives of Dogs. And she and her husband had a dog that the husband described as the keeper of my soul. 
And one night, she idly asked if he had to choose between her and the dog. Just in case, what would it be? He was quiet for a moment, she writes. And then he said, don't ask me that. Companionship helps us be healthy and happy, and we need to learn to be good companions. John Maynard Keynes, an economist, said the purpose of human history is our species learning to cultivate the arts of life. I think our purpose in life is to learn to love and be loved, to give love and receive love. Animals certainly can help us with that. There are some animals I've met that I think couldn't help me learn that, but someone loves them. There was a large bird at my best friend who's a vet, a large bird at her clinic who was there being uh, babysat for a long time, and he was the nastiest creature I've ever met in my life. But I'm sure he had lessons to teach if I'd been able to stay in the room with him longer than I could. He cussed really a lot, which doesn't usually bother me, but it was really loud, and then he would go, ah! And if you reached out your finger to him, he would bite you. There's a publication called Yoga World, and in it I saw a wonderful description of how to be a good companion. Sometimes an animal can be this to a human, and sometimes a human can be this to an animal. And a lot of times we find it with another human. To be a good companion, it says, you will need to be caring and concerned about the other's happiness. As a friend, you'll want to share their concerns and labors. Naturally, you'll want to make their lives more pleasant. You have to know life and yourself well enough to become trustworthy capable of keeping your agreements. To be a friend, your word must be true, a true friend. You will hold goodwill in your heart even when you misunderstand or distrust your gracious companion. You will refuse to indulge bad moods brought on by your own inadequacies. It's a goal. It is not easy to be a true friend, but may we all find another being that will help us practice. And so we bless our animals. So if you have a picture of your animal, if you have your animal with you, or if you have a stuffed animal, the way to bless something, it doesn't take a priest or minister to bless. In our faith, we believe that all the people are priests. And so there's just one who's gone to school especially to learn how to be a teacher, but that you can bless just as well as I can. And so in order to bless, we put our hands on our animal. And you can repeat this after me, or you can make your own words if you like. And if you want, if you have a person with you that's your companion, you are welcome to put your hand on them and bless them too. Bless you, my friend. 
You show me how to enjoy my life as I enjoy yours. You give me the chance to nurture you with food and exercise. I get mad sometimes at the things you do. But you always forgive me. I hope I get as good at forgiving as you are. Thank you for blessing my life and making it better. I want to make yours better too. Now will you say with me the words by which we extinguish our chalice? We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. The lone wild bird in lofty flight is still with thee, nor leaves thy sight. And I am thine, I rest in thee. Great Spirit, come and rest in me. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at www.austinuu.org.